Wink, wink. Hello, and welcome to the Salacast on Monday, the 16th of July, 2018. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Prepare for the shortest podcast ever. And Robert Kemp. I don't even have to get in the chair. I don't have a movement to slide into it. Well, I presume you're in a chair. <laughs> I'm in a chair. <laughs> you do kind of have to be in a chair. You were in, in the chair. chair. Yeah, but, but you don't but have not, to go to the sofa. You're, in a, you're actually in a chair, not a sofa. Not That's a sofa, yeah. It's actually more like you're in a chair. <laughs> I didn't have to move <laughs> in a chair. More like it. More chair-like. It's a fully chair-like chair. Because my chair quota. Is that what you're saying? Because no one would deny that a sofa has some chair-like characteristics. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty chairy, wouldn't you say? A sofa? Yes, but the fact that Rob decided to call it a chair was the bit that was weird about that whole situation. But it's quite chairy. It's, it's kind of chairy. You just wouldn't really call it a chair, usually. It's just a, it's just a long chair. Yeah. A but multi-chair, if you will. It is indeed a multi-chair. A conference of chairs. I mean... Chair, co- chair collective nouns must be fun. A conference of chairs. <laughs> a board think... meeting. There probably is a collective noun for chairs. I mean, you stack them up, don't you? Uh, the stackable kind. <laughs> stack of chairs. Rack of chairs. <laughs> Even if they're not stacks, they're just a stack. Yeah, it's just a stack. I've got to IKEA to see their stacks. <laughs> DFS stacks. <laughs> what the S stands for. <laughs> what does it stand for? No one knows. They're a client of my last work and they... And Discount they furniture store? Yeah, I guess that's it. But they don't go by that name, I guess. They just got rid of the acronym, maybe. Discount maybe doesn't sound... I don't premium. know. Premium. Doesn't sound premium enough. Deluxe furniture store. There we go. <laughs> Saved it. Where did you go for your conference of chairs? Your my conference of chairs? Well, my conference of chairs come from a amalgam of stores. I don't know. Oh. What to, <laughs> couldn't think of a decent collective noun for stores. A, a catalogue of stores. Um, I've got, got some Ikea in here. I've got some Harvey's. Is it, actually, was it Harvey's? I think it was Harvey's. Harvey's, a local store Harvey's. for local people. Oh, uh, that Harvey's. Ah. Oh. Ah. The, yeah. One of those chair types where it's like, here, do you like do you like the look of this chair? Now cover it in whatever crap you want. You can make it as horrid as you like. It'll be the same shape. How do you pick out they have like little sampler things, don't they? Like weird books. Yeah, like the like the size of your fist. <laughs> Tiny. Like You're supposed to sort of picture what this horrific pattern looks like writ large on your yeah. multi-chair. Yeah, it's pretty tricky. Yeah, so you have to just sort of be like, okay, this they've got one here that's relatively similar, but it's not quite, so if you can imagine it with this better one on it, then it must be better, right? Which is kind of what we did. Which is pure guesswork. Educated guesswork, I suppose. You are actually seeing the fabric. 
It's not like, oh, we've got this random grave thing out the back. It might work. It's, uh, it's a bit more bobbly. And, you know, maybe a little more weavy. Bit bobblier. Bit bobblier, yeah. <laughs> got a bit more texture. Is that what they sound like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. They sound a bit like the Churchill dog, but slightly twisted. <laughs> a little bit more cockney, I guess. A little cockney, bit more geezer. Cockney geezer slash. What, well, love? Slap your ass on that. Isn't there a thing that in for like sofa efforts they like just hire really tiny models, right, to make the sofas look huge? If there's is that a thing? Yeah, if the lady is like sitting relaxing on the sofa, that's a super tiny lady. <laughs> so why did they do an advert with Owen Wilson then? Isn't he like quite tall? I don't know. Was he sitting on the sofa? In the yeah, he's, he's t- yeah, he was like yeah. laying on it, like oh, talking some gibberish about home. And it didn't really make any sense, and that his job being done, but it's not really done. So he's going to take a nap. I don't know. It makes about as much sense as what I just said. Oh wow! He did, he, there's no wows. <laughs> it's disappointing. Come on, wow. wow! What about your sofa, Zeg? It's still leather. Which means I don't like it that much. <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan. I'm not really into leather sofas. Hmm. I don't mind them during cold weather. <laughs> kind of fine. Well, it's fine um, after you've sat on it for a few seconds at least. <laughs> it's yeah. not fine the moment you sit down, really. <laughs> so it's not fine then. <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, one advantage of this one that we have at the moment is that the cushions have stayed quite firm, so there's not like any sagginess. You don't have a, a divot. <laughs> You're not sinking too much. You haven't made your groove. Oh. Got I don't think groove. you have a good position, a permanent position, do you, Zach? Well, no, but no one's made a groove. <laughs> That's the important thing. You can sit anywhere and it's not <laughs> going to be affected. <laughs> You're in the groove. Indeed. Dude. Right, should we chat games? <laughs> I want to. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we could. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be the purpose of this podcast. I sort of noticed is, that over the years. It's becoming. I know. I know. We, I think we may have said it last podcast, but it's becoming more that more and more of the season of just locking yourself away from the world because it's too damn hot outside. I ca- I can't muster the strength to move barely. So, just lock myself indoors. Play some games. Play some games. I mean, I was struggling with the... I don't usually have a problem with this, but I was struggling with sweaty palms on the controller. Well, then. well I'm, yeah. I'm the worst for that all year round, so just that, that part isn't any different. I'm just a sweaty man. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I can't control it. Really. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, it's the, well, it's the worst. It's the worst thing. It's like I'd like to just be like, I don't. I'm not really that warm. I don't actually need to be sweating right now, body. Like, cut it out. Can I? Can I just turn this off right now? But it's involuntary. Yeah, oh, that's the worst. Especially if you're somewhere where you have to wear a shirt. Oh man. 
Yeah, I mean, not like a T-shirt. I mean, like a proper shirt. Like an actual shirt. Like, How did hot shirt know? days are the worst? I mean, wearing a shirt to like, I mean, you have to wear a shirt to school. Wearing a shirt to work. I mean, the worst part for me would be having to wear the tie. That's the insane part. That's already oh, pushed over the edge. Don't like ties either. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, that's not good. I mean, I, there was an article recently that said like, like it actually does slightly constrict the blood flow <laughs> to your brain and like. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, especially if you do it too, you know, wrong, like too tight. Well, presumably, if you get peanutted. Yeah, exactly. Peanut. Was that a common occurrence? Oh yeah, people just yank it basically, and it creates the tiniest, tightest little bastard knot. <laughs> like, because none of us were tying <laughs> our ties <laughs> properly, is the thing. Yeah, like, you tie, you tie it the cr- the crack quick way, and so and so when you when you yank one of those crack quick way ties, they're just peanut, and it's just like oh. <laughs> peanut. <laughs> and you didn't even. Um... Uh, I, I, you didn't even tie it every day, did you? I think at one point you were like loosening it. Oh yeah, so no, I still do that. Oh really? I still do that. I still, I still, I still, I still tie a half Windsor and then just put it in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it that way for all term. Absolutely. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I, I at least did tied a half Windsor every day, but I never learned any other knots like full Windsor. I'm like, what? Sometimes it's you know you want to do that because if you, if you get one of those like skinny ties or they're too thin then half Windsor looks really stupid and pathetic mm. and sideways and then you're like how the hell do I do something that's a bit fatter? Yeah, I don't know. My my knot, my knot technique is still kind of poor. It always always there's a high tendency of it even being massive or just like slightly kinked and yeah, everything kinked. sort of coming out awkwardly to the side and it's like I don't, I, how do I correct that with this so it's like certain ties you just want to go that way and it's like do I have to just tie a crack knot with this um, yeah yeah because I can never remember the full Windsor but... so yeah booter ties and like probably shirts as well and it's like they, they can, ties can look real smart. It's like I don't know, mind the look of them. Oh no, they look good. It's just, just, just kind of hate wearing it. Like, like actually being in the presence of a tie around my neck. That's a whiny train. Oh, Dick, do you have any ties? I need one that Rob gave me for his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> I guess it was a theme, right? So we all want oh, yeah, yeah. colour. Uh, sort well, of salmon, uh, salmon pinky thing. Yeah, like a peachy. A cor- no, coral Coral, pink, that's I think right. It was. Coral, yeah. it was coral, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> so you, you're going to be in coral whenever you need... Do you not need one for like a job interview or something? No, not if I can help it. <laughs> it's like if I can get away with not wearing a tie, then I won't. <laughs> or if I think I can, anyway. Otherwise, Otherwise it's... it's coral tie. Yeah. yeah, coral all the way, baby. <laughs> I don't know. That shows a level of. Isn't there something about you know a man that wears a pink tie? It's a level of confidence. Uh, yeah, pink shirt as well. That's that's, that's a good good one. They look I think quite the pink good. shirt things kind of no longer actually such a big deal. There's there's a lot of pink shirts about. Oh, I know. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I think they look quite smart. I did. I did. Um, see someone the other day with a a. You know, you get the matching tie and like little hanky sets for like a for being properly suited. Um, I did see someone that who had it in like a high vis fabric. <laughs> it was like just that high vis yellow. 
was oh, madness. Right. Wow, that is, yeah. I mean, it's highly visible. It's bold. It's going to make you stand out. Con- congrats, that guy. You definitely got noticed. <laughs> I'm not going to call you Senpai. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, apparently if you wear a high-vis jacket, you can just walk into a lot of places and no one stops you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, apparently. Saw that. More recent experimental footage of people just wandering into high security. Like, doesn't it work better if it's like you're walking into a relatively large organization yeah. or something and it's yeah. just like, oh, we're, we're here to do a, do a thing. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere so, where you you meeting people. Well, you're seeing people that you've never met before every day, which I mm. do in my office. Like, no, I mean, not, yeah, I do. Uh, not my company, but because I'm working in the client's office, yeah, I literally. See oh, people, sure. I, I see people every day. I think that I've probably never noticed before. Mm. Especially in the building, it's fucking huge. Oh yeah, I suppose it's even worse when it's like someone from the company upstairs. Yeah, exactly. So, who are they? Who are you? Get out of my building. The worst thing is the stupid door with where with the complicated pass, you know, the pass system where you have to swipe your card to get in and out. Um, uh, but then it's so annoying and there's so many people going through that people just hold the door open for people all the time. And so it's kind of, the security's kind of moot, to be honest. Hmm. I would definitely hold the door. I've definitely held the door open for people that I've never seen before, um, and everyone does it. It's, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's 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 the. I know it's like you're being polite, but in the same way, it's you're just like you're letting someone walk out with that that thumb drive of of important gear. Yeah, exactly. Thumb drives. We're getting to the point where you could actually like have office PCs that just don't have USB ports on it, so they can actually be secure. Yeah, like, I just don't get... know what happens uh, if you plug a USB drive into one of ours. Probably, I don't know if it, it might be locked down. Like I don't a big know, red though. alarm comes on on the ceiling. Yeah. SWAT team turns up. This is not an approved device. I know, it's... <laughs> Uh, the Get in the bag. It's, it's very annoyingly locked down, but we we did have a way to like we we discovered that AirDrop was totally open, so we could just AirDrop things to each other. Over, we could move files over Bluetooth, um, but I think they've cut down on that. Someone probably said, "Oh, I just AirDropped it to." It's like that that works. So like, yeah, yeah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, that's how you have to fight security flaws by exploiting them until someone stops you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> was the only reason we had access to things like um oh what was it called was it called Winsock or something like the old like like you could use the the, the messaging client in Windows to send messages around the old school LAN oh yeah that that rings a bell what is Winsock I can't remember yeah uh, and like Winsock's definitely like now is like Win Windows sockets or something that's but right I'm pretty yeah. sure like I'm pretty sure there was an executable on um. Like just just on every window says so this is like Windows ninety five time or something where you could you could load it up and it would be, uh, yeah, it would literally just be hey, what's the computer name? Send a message to it and it will put a little pop up on that on that computer just completely oh, unchecked. Yeah. Okay. So we would just send random computers in the school messages and try and figure <laughs> out which one was next to us. And 
Yeah, it's a message bus, isn't it? Yeah, that makes sense. It's weird. Yeah, that was uh, entertaining. News! It's time for the news. What's going time on? Time for the news. It's time for the news. News, 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 news. You watched that World Cup? Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Not video game news then. I was quite pleased no. that we didn't uh, get in the final there because I was on a flight back and it would have been very stressful missing the first half of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Waiting in the baggage oh, yeah. claim. Yeah, I don't know. Good on, good on France. You know, taking down our rivals, Belgium. Happy, happy for them and all that stuff. <laughs> Up until they did the L dance from Fortnite. What? So after scoring one of the goals, one of the, 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 the French striker sort of starts doing the L dance at the crowd, which is where you do, you know, you do the classic L on your forehead and then basically just stick your legs out to the side. A bit like, you know, when I'm doing my comedy dance here and I'm sort of like a brr, 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 and you kick your legs out to the side. Except <laughs> it's, it's like it's the Fortnite L dance now. But surely Fortnite, like, just took some popular dances. <laughs> Probably nicked it. Yeah, like most dances. Like, it's like flossing wasn't technically a Fortnite dance. But now it is. Oh, I see. But, I mean, this goes back to World of Warcraft and everything. Like, they would put popular dances. Didn't they put the Napoleon Dynamite dance into World of Warcraft or something? <laughs> all the MMOs have their own, like, yeah. dances that are clearly, like, you know, good or two. You got the robot. <laughs> yeah. You got to put oh, yeah. classic dances in there. So I don't know if it actually... But it could well be that there are a bunch of Fortnite players. Who knows? Well, probably at least one of them is young enough that that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's probably entirely likely that that's where they saw it. Also, the cheek of it. I don't know which goal this was. I'm hoping it was like when they went four two or something. They just sort of starts doing mm. the doing the loser dance. Well, that is the one bit that's like that's a bit much. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly respectful. No. Just doing a silly dance, that's fine. But doing a dance that has implications, it's like, maybe, maybe that's a bit much. No connotations with my dances, please. <laughs> I prefer my dance. Meaning free. Meaningless. <laughs> Let us dance like there is no point. Well, they do, must be do, pleased do. over Epic, I suppose. I guess, yeah. Maybe it's advertising. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're advertising it now. And we should move on. Just in case you were interested, because I know you're sort of fan of the first game, Darksiders 3 has a release date for November. Already? Yep. Who's even was... making that again? I have no idea. Okay. Well, I mean, if they they copied Zelda in the first one, so if they copy Breath of the Wild, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we've really seen a great deal about like what Dark Side Three is actually going to be. Yeah, are they going back to the first game's roots, or are they going more down what Dark Side Two was, a more combat-focused thing? Mm, Haven't heard, but. Hmm. That's that's coming up then. It's coming up, as is Monster Hunter World, released on PC in August, confirmed and nailed down. 
for anyone that cares. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's it's the the story of the last two weeks is this arena net thing though. Now, what's going on with this? What is arena net? And so, arena net are the developers of Guild Wars Two. Oh yeah. Um, which you guys played quite a bit of. Yeah. You know, um, do time. you still play it every now and then, Zeg? Or are you finally mm, out? I haven't for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, so we we were in that for quite a long time. Um, did it get a game of the year from us? Did we give it to Guild Wars? It like, probably did. Yeah. I don't remember. One of those classic, probably last minute, Zach goes, screw you guys, Guild Wars. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think Guild Wars would have been that easy to win. Screw you guys, The Witness. Yeah, but that was the best game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just that we hadn't talked about it up to that point, and we were just like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this ArenaNet thing is kind of kicking off a second wave of Gamergate nonsense. Um, so the story, as I understand it, is that um, a female narrative designer uh, by the name of Price uh, effectively was uh, tweeting, having some stuff tweeted at her by a, uh, or a, I think it might have been a YouTube comment or something like that, um, where she took it as, I haven't seen the original tweet, so I don't know if this, uh, I haven't been able to find the original tweet, actually, but she took it as uh, this this guy trying to tell her how to do her job, <laughs> and she was like, she was like, okay, today in female game development, uh, I, I'm someone who I've literally never worked with trying to explain to me how to do my job. If any other ass hack comes and tells me what to do, <laughs> the yeah. yada 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 goes on for a little bit more. Right. Um, uh, just try, basically trying to be like, like, don't do that. Yeah. But perhaps doing it in a slightly aggressive manner. Well, after uh, probably had it happen multiple times. Probably, yeah. You're in. You might be in the public eye, having been. I guess, I don't know if she's narrative lead, but I assume she's worked on Guild Wars for as long as it's been out and things like that. Um, so probably quite a prominent member or, you know, well-known part of the team. Uh, yeah, so we're all kicked off at this point, as it would, I suppose. Um, and people go, rah, you shouldn't talk to us like that. Rah, to us, as in what, the fans? or Yeah, the fans or... in general and the, the Guild Wars community. And uh, they were like, oh, you should treat us like this. Blah, 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 blah. So then um, one of... Uh, so what uh, was the co- actual criticism in the first place? Oh, what, the original tweet or the yeah. original comment? It's like, that's the bit I'm, that most of the coverage doesn't seem to actually focus on. Oh, okay. I, haven't a- I haven't actually been able to find a decent source of what that okay. was. So now um, I what it was. <laughs> might have been deleted by now, yeah. Okay. And or unless someone's, someone's probably got a record of it, but I just didn't find it. Um okay. Uh, yeah, so her cohort then comes to her rescue, but and without sort of actually being aggressive towards the community, it was just saying, just sort of wading in, saying, "Hey, we don't, not a big fan of uh, intolerance towards our, our female employees." Blah 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 blah. And, yeah, sort of, okay. sort of just trying to be like, nice. sort of like, "Hey guys, yeah. calm it down a little." Yeah, it's like she she didn't really do anything wrong. Kind of stance, backed her up basically, but respectfully backed her up. Yeah. Both of those people then get fired by ArenaNet. What, uh, the developer and the person backing her up? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the narrative designer and whatever Fry's 
was uh, who the cohort that assisted her. Um, right. oh, the arena then just goes. It's like, oh, we can't. This is unprofessional. Basically, was the response. It's like we can't. We can't have that. We can't have that bringing down, bringing us down. So now that's kicked off a whole other debate, as a, of course it would. Of like, okay, what just happened here? Who won? Was it the the in, the pressure of the internet? Like mansplainers is suddenly a big enough deal that ArenaNet got nervous and and terminated and, their and, and and pulled and pulled the yeah and terminated the employees rather than supporting them. And it's like that's become a massive debate now. Okay, it's like that's what are ArenaNet just protecting their IP and you know doing the right business move, which, okay, I can sort of see that argument, or are they being asshats, <laughs> to use her phrase, and, right. and just sort of, and, and, and sort of actually just contributing to this whole thing, given, giving weight to the type of people on the internet that might call for random firings, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. It's like, have they just give, gave, given them dangerous precedent? Seems like if you wanted to fire them, you could like at least wait a little bit or something. I don't know. Like, this seems yeah, dramatic. It does. It does. So it's yeah. it doesn't sort of like all kicked off on their part. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, well that it's makes like, sense. A, the thing is, is, it was done. Yeah, it was done fairly loudly and sort of fairly publicly as well. And like you know, there wasn't just like, mm, could you just not be in the building for a while or just not be on Twitter or something like that. It was, it was yeah. The I think his name's Mark O'Brien, like one of the founders of ArenaNet, basically came out and tweeted saying, "Yeah, this has happened." And it's like, oh, yeah. mm, okay, bit heavy-handed. Yeah. So I guess this is there's some probably some more fallout to come from this at this point. Um, there's been some statements by a few other studios out saying, "Hey, we're reviewing how we look at community stuff, and we're going to like try and put in policy how we would deal with a situation like this." Um, with most of the reports I've seen being in fa- um, in favour of price and fries, as in they would side with them in this scenario, as a as it was as as to them they see it as a form of harassment that's gone gone bad. Hmm. Um, which again, not painting Arena Night in a, Arena Net in a particularly good light. No, definitely not. So yeah, not a fun one. Gamergate two, <laughs> the gamering. But it's about ethics and game journalism. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's not even journalism at this no, point. No, I know. I was just, just joking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah not good at all, and uh, doesn't really sound from what you've described doesn't really reflect well on the arena net. I think because you can't control random trolls on the internet; they're gonna say shit. But you can, yeah. At least, yeah. Because it's not the it's not the first time something it's, well it's obviously not the first time something like this has happened. The one I can remember was uh, it might have been a couple of years ago now where Nintendo fired their Treehouse Lady for harassment or oh yeah or in in, a, in similar but probably slightly more extreme circumstances from what I remember like she was getting doxxed and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think Nintendo folded and got rid of her. It's just or. It was either that or she resigned, one of the two. Anyway, the the, right. the the sort of power of the internet caused her to no longer be in that job. Mm. So it's, you know, it has happened before, but maybe not quite so quickly. Still bad. Okay, now we know. Still bad. Uh, 
Let's talk about something slightly happier. Yeah. Nathan Fillion made an Uncharted short film. He did? Well, and what... I, I, don't, I haven't watched it all, but I've watched a little bit of it because uh, well, I want to sit it... down and watch it. Like, it sounds like he it, just. Or... Yeah, yeah. He's So he's playing Drake, of course. Of course. And who um, else is, did he get? Like friends of his or? Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't, I didn't notice any other, you know, big big names. But I think it's just a, a crew of his he works with. Uh, they just sort of got together and made a thing. And what's it uh, like? It looks, pre- it looks pretty good from the first few minutes that I've seen. It looks pretty good. Maybe he's trying to get it made. Well, I hope so. It's like that 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 actual film's been on and off for years. Like mm-hmm. nothing, nothing's really been settled. Like I don't think it's like ever been uh and I'm not sure it's even in pre production, if you know what I mean. It's like it's just like someone's writing a script, maybe they haven't quite figured out who would direct it, they haven't quite figured out who would be in it, you know, nothing nothing's really ready. Production hell, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Well development hell, isn't it, isn't it? Development hell. I suppose. Yeah, same thing. Um Yeah, it's like you've already got Tomb Raider as like the Indiana Jones rip off thing that's not work and then i guess but yeah uh, uncharted has already really good writing and characters right from those uh, which compared to tomb raider when it you know first came out obviously it was great those games but it wasn't like you couldn't borrow from the games to make a film really whereas with uncharted like you i mean it's pretty much yeah you definitely could the characterization and stuff yeah, yeah, the, the film, the, the games are almost films already. Yeah, you just, exactly. You know, it's it's almost an easier job, surely, to, to make the film from those games because it would be more of a cut job than it would, uh, oh, we've got to actually write story. <laughs> well, assuming they'd use any of the existing stories, I, I would have thought sure. they'd have to have a new one. Um, and I'm sure they've had plenty of adventures, him and Sully, that they could just make stuff, stuff up, it'll be fine. Yeah, I don't know if they would do, like, canon uh, or, or if they, you know, re like reboot it. Yeah, just do something wildly different. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could work because it's like Tomb Raider. Like, even though you're you're right, it does sort of for, try to be that sort of role. Tomb Raider, the last, that last Tomb Raider film, the Elusive Vikander one, hmm. was was played quite straight faced. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not not, not too, too like jovial, to not too jokey, not too like and it's like so like but that's that's Nathan Drake's entire character as being that sort of yeah. goofball with ridiculous luck. Um almost like a Han Solo type character, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I mean he kind of, he does share quite a lot with Han Solo, I think. He's not as he's a little bit more woke than Han Solo. <laughs> he's a bit more modern than yeah. Woke, you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, but <laughs> <joking. woke. laughs> I was using it ironically. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it could still work. Make that film. Get yeah. Nathan Fillion to do it. Get woke. Make it. <laughs> get woke and get a woke. Can. That didn't really work. Can. Okay. <laughs> uh, in other not gaming news, Halo is almost certainly getting a live action series in early next year. What? So, 
Is this Microsoft's doing or? Yeah, I guess. Uh, working with Showtime. Yeah, apparently. Because this has never worked out before. I guess they've made those shorts, right? Um, yeah, because that's what that's what the last big project sort of ended up morphing into. Because there was that whole talk of like, oh, they're going to do something with Peter Jackson was the original thing, right? Yeah, it yeah. Like, well, it I wasn't mean, sure friend, whether it was going to be a film um, or a series or. No, uh, someone I work with, like I don't know if I mentioned before, but he worked for the Weta Workshop in Zealand, and he helped build. He built a warhog, or they did, and they were driving it around. Sweet. Yeah. Do you remember that? Then I think they used it for an advert, right? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, but I think that was planned to be, you know, that was probably part of the process, right? Peter Jackson mm. stuff. Yeah, so they were, you know, they were serious about it. But I imagine this was like during the whole phase where Microsoft were, well, and I guess it kicked off earlier, but like then, then they did that whole pivot with like Xbox to like the not Xbox, be so much about TV. The Xbox One disaster slash yeah. to about face. Let's you know, get out of TV. Rescue mission, um, yeah. Yeah, so everything kind of stopped on that front. Leaving poor That's Remedy and make quantum, quantum break. Um. I mean, Microsoft, it's quite impressive how they managed to turn turn it completely... Well, I was going to say turn it around, but they did change direction completely. I guess it's the same thing. I mean, I'm not saying they've turned it around to the point where they've you know, got where they wanted to be. Or, no, or not where, not. But where they, they'd want to be, or... But they're, they're, still st- su- they're still suffering from Matric era. Yeah, Matric is still felt uh, um, due to that colossal fuck up. But um, they, it's quite impressive that they have ditched all of that, um, including the Connect. Which is the the Connect is the weird is the weirdest part of this for me because it's like they dropped it at just the wrong time. If you ask me, it's like they dropped it just as like these um, uh, voice assistants started becoming big. Right, yeah. Like to the point where they're now putting uh, Google Assistant and Alexa in the Xbox. Like that's rumored to be a thing. Like they'll, um, so they'll work alongside Cortana to do things. And it's like, oh, what better device to actually be able to pick up your voice than the Connect? Well, if only. Or what, how about done, that thing? If only they'd done the thing that we said that they should have done at the time and just built the connect into the xbox then they would have been yeah. so far ahead of the curve because they would have had a mic built into the system that could have just accessed these all these services that's the thing they don't they don't need the camera side like, no quite exactly do without that thing but yeah just put a, a microphone array like like they have in a dot or something on in the an echo dot just put that on the front front grill mm. you're in business which they aren't i mean they are but Maybe that's whatever this next Xbox that's already in R&D probably has. Well, I mean, that would make sense, I guess. For Microsoft, at least. I don't know about Sony unless they make some deal with someone. So I think, this, like, I, I think that's a really smart move for them, because Cortana, all of the assistants seem to be better at different things. Like, Cortana, I can't honestly... I, 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 pe- I, like, I don't know this off for sure myself, but people say Cortana is actually like just generally pretty good at the whole um, notification side of things and uh, the actual syncing of calendars and that kind of stuff. It seems to be like it's the work-focused side of it. It seems to do very well. Right. Whereas Alexa is clearly the best at home automation right now. Mm. And yeah. Google is probably the best at asking it random questions. Because it's Google. Yeah. Because it's Google, yeah. So combining all three together into some Uber package see, it sounds smart if they're all willing to work together and all willing to be in the same space. 
Because um, they'll all get something out of it at this point, because none of them excel. So I, I, I just kind of like the idea of, like, I, I could actually, if I could ask Alexa to go do something, like turn everything on, for instance, and it have an if this then that to control my house, and it will just be all linked in. It's like, that sounds clever. That sounds like that's what they should be doing. I don't know, but um, my brother does quite a lot of that with the Google Home, it, with if this then that and everything. So you might you might be able to do it with the Google one as well. It's probably not oh yeah yeah, yeah. Don't, get, don't get me wrong. You can get you can get most of the way there. It's just yeah. with Google Home. It's just that there are certain devices that are uh, if you if you're looking if you're looking at the compati- compatibility spectrum 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 <laughs> spectrum compatibility of uh, spectrum <laughs> of, of smart. Home kit, it's like there is far more stuff that is oh, yeah. Alexa happy than there is Google stuff, and then there's way more of those than Home Kit, you know, Apple's side of things. So it's 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 it seems like Alexa is the choice if you're going to do smart home stuff at the moment. Yeah. Okay. I, I've actually been looking into that kind of that gubbins because we do want a few. There's a few little things that. I don't know. They're stupid little things like, hey, we could just wire up a um, uh, a, a light switch next to the bed for the for the light in the main room because it's annoying when you get into bed and then one of you realizes, oh yeah, the main light's still on. It's not just the lamp. And you're like, ugh, I'm gonna have to get up to change the light. It'd be great to just be able to shout at it and just be like, turn off. Yeah. Little things just, like that. So just I- get a long pole. <laughs> Just get. Oh, it'd have to be a really long part. You, I suppose you've not really seen my bedroom, but yeah, it's like it's round a corner almost. <laughs> the lights. Well, that's just another classic indication of how the badly designed house effect. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> could, I've got, I've got some of those smart light bulbs, and they. Oh, have you? Yeah, I, of... I mean, I didn't buy them myself. My brother bought me. He's really into it because he's got the Google Home connected to them and everything the, mm. he, the Philips Hue or whatever but he oh, yeah, got yeah. me a kit for Christmas um, and then I've since bought some more bulbs and connected to it I mean it's quite weird that you have to go to the internet to turn your lights on and off I mean, <laughs> I mean it's quite fiddly so I ended up getting a, a remote as well because it was a bit silly turning my lights on and off with my phone which I can mm. still do, but, uh, uh but isn't the advantage that... of those hue things is that because they're just bulbs, you can just use your switch. Uh, you can, uh, but they obviously they're... won't turn on if you use the switch to turn them off. But... Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing is that's the best thing about them is I have them in my bedroom and, um, I have them set to like come on, you know, in the morning gradually. So then mm. I wouldn't be able to use the physical switch because that would stop that working. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but unless unless you go to the effort of replacing your like wall switch by putting the the because some of those have the the dimmer for the Philips Hue stuff actually has a wall mount. Yeah, so that's what I ended up doing. I got one of those extra. It's like a little and um and it has a wall mount, but you can just I just stuck it on the wall and then it has magnets in it. And you can actually take the little it's like yeah, a remote the, and you can take it with you or whatever. So you could you could have a couple of those, I guess. Because uh, I looked keep, at the other option. Which is to just have um, uh, smart light switches because that to me sounds like the smart long term option. Mm, okay. Like so, you put a, you put a light switch in the wall that's that's all connected and all that stuff, and it's. Uh, however, there's all kinds of new, all kinds of 
complications with that as well, like because the UK house wiring tends to just be a straight circuit rather than having a neutral wire you can tap into. Mm. So you can't really use them to be proper straight on-off switches. They have to act as like a dimmer circuit, so your lights basically have to always be on, which means you need to have dimmable bulbs everywhere because uh, it wouldn't you can't you couldn't just have a light switch that's just on off because it wouldn't you can't do that without a neutral wire. Right. Um, and also they're really expensive. Mm. I, I guess that's the problem of all this smart stuff at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's all it's all quite pricey. Well, the like the Alexa themselves and stuff are pretty cheap for what they are because they're oh, like yeah, heavily yeah. discounted, the, like the, subsidized. The, the dots are, yeah. Yeah, they just want to get as many of those in your house as possible, even if they're making a loss, so that you'll use them to, you know, buy books and shit, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's their plan, right? Yeah, Amazon make their money elsewhere. That's the thing, you know what I mean? Just like, just fitting the the, 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 there is one company that do like English, ha- you know, happy smart light switch stuff that, that as I say, fills that role where it's like it's not really turning your lights fully off; it's just turning the power down enough so it can power itself, but still has to run the current through the bulbs. Mm. Um, called Lightwave RF. Um, but yeah, that's that seems like an almost cost costlier way to get started because their kits are like oh yeah, like two hundred quid for like a switch. And maybe a power outlet as well. But then you need a bridge. Because everything needs a bridge. And it's like, where am I going to put this bridge? Yeah. Because even the Philips stuff needs its own little mini hub, doesn't it? Bridge, yeah. And even if you have a hub for home automation, it's like, no, no, no. It's not the same thing. You still need these bridges. So you need like a smart hub and bridges if you're doing going crazy with this stuff. And it's like, oh, man, this is... This has turned into a bit of a mess quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, and it needs updating. <laughs> Why do I need to update my fucking light bulbs? I already have to date, update everything else in my life constantly. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you're not allowed to read your book right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. The app is literally like, okay, this is going to be like super reduced functionality until you do this update process. And I'm like, Go away. <laughs> it worked fine already. <laughs> sort yourself out in your own time. Like when I'm asleep. How about that? Yeah, exactly. How about that? Also, this Dyson fan is Alexa happy, but not Google happy. So, you know. Oh, really? Oh. This is a bit of a. If I actually want to be able to shout at my shout at my fan, I would need to go need to go Alexa. Sort of what prompted this whole thing, to be honest. Not the Xbox, just the fact that I can shout at my fan and it's cool. Right, makes sense. <laughs> can you? Does it heat as well, or is it just the? No, no, it's just it's just, just a, it's it's a, it's a purifier. So it's got crazy ass filters on the bottom, and an overly, slightly excessive air quality LED dis- uh, display. <laughs> a little LED, like little little LCD like window that's got a little graph on it saying, "Yeah, everything's fine. Your air quality's good." 
How are we doing on the news? I think we're done with news. I think okay. we're way past news. It's time for what you've been playing. We're way past news. Uh, what have you been playing, Rob? Yeah, let's go with Zach, because I don't think he's played all that much. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I don't think any of us is going to have that much to talk about somehow. And Zach hasn't, well, Zach hasn't really said all that much during the smart home phase. What would you automate, Zach? Would you automate your kettle? I wouldn't automate shit, because I actually have a well-designed <laughs> house where I can just like lean over and turn off my light switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be much easier. Mine, mine it... slightly too far away to lean. But what if it's dark and you don't want to fiddle around trying to find it? And it's like, don't have oh. to fiddle. It's like I've slept in this room for like 20 years. I'm pretty sure I can find the light switch without any light whatsoever. <laughs> I can't admit, there is one circumstance that I'm not quite sure how I would get around. Like, what if I go to bed and Gnome's left the lamp on, right? Because at the moment what I have to do is I'd have to sort of go up to her side of the bed and sort of feel like, like okay, I've got to somehow, the, the cable goes down off the bedside table, sort of between the bed to the power socket, and it's like, okay, so I've got to try and be careful of, like, get the cable to my hand without scraping it along the bed near her face and waking her up. So it's like the awkward bit. And then when you press the switch anyway, that little normally wakes her up anyway, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> get that lamp. <laughs> Get a bit of lamp, yeah, yeah. Touch lamp would probably solve that. But then, if I had like a smart plug on it, then I could go to my side of the bed, get comfy, and then just get the app out and be like, turn it off quietly because shine a bright phone light in her face instead. Yeah, but the lamp's on at that point. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a problem. Oh, unless I go out of the room, like I notice it, and like, but like, just walk out of the room, and then it's just like, Alexa, turn the lamp off, and then Alexa will go, "Okay, I've turned the lamp off." <laughs> Your entire house knows now. Anyway, games. <laughs> Not really. Not really. No. I mean, what is there even to talk about? Rocket League moved on from their summer event to their anniversary event. <laughs> Consecutive yeah, almost events. Im- almost immediately. Yeah. Almost like they didn't quite plan that very well for some reason, <laughs> even though they knew when both of those things were going to happen. <laughs> or maybe they're just trying to... Maybe they're just trying to, like, eke out as much as possible. They were like, we could have one event. Or we could have two events and make it make it so we spend twice as long in, in like event mode and make people happier because of it. <laughs> the thing is, like, Rocket, it's not even Rocket League's anniversary. They're they're celebrating, no. is it? It's um. Oh, let me try and remember this. Supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars's tenth anniversary. Yes. The predecessor. When did Rocket League even come out? It must have been it's late. like three years ago now, something like that. Late in the year, right? <laughs> Another game of the year. Yeah. I think Definitely that one had stiffer competition, that one. But the anniversary thing hasn't been that interesting. I mean, they put in the new the anniversary map, which has like 
well, for a start, it's a differently shaped map, which, you know, we keep saying about Rocket League. You know, we quite, quite kind of like differently shaped maps, but it also has, like, different physics as well, which makes it kind of awkward. <laughs> like, I, I think I kind of like that map with regular physics. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be quite so floaty, like quite such a, because the, the idea is they've made it the, to be more like the physics of the original of Sabka. Yes, but I don't think it's like necessary. I think it might even work better with regular physics because the main problem with floaty physics in Rocket League is it makes the ball like slower. It's not necessarily a pro- like to do with staying in the air for longer or going higher or anything. It's just like you can't really hit it as hard almost. And it'd be way easier to get it to bounce off the back wall because the back wall's so far away because the goals are indented into the field. If you had the regular speed of the physics, you'd actually be able to hit stuff off that back wall easier, I think. Because the floatiness decelerates everything so much. I'm going to correction columns myself here a little bit. This is roughly the anniversary of Rocket League coming out. It was 7th of July 2015, so it's three years of Rocket League. <laughs> it was probably not a coincidence that it roughly came out at the, on the anniversary of the previous game. Yeah, I guess. So there's that, and you know, get some free stuff out of Golden Eggs. Free stuff? Everyone likes free stuff. Still hasn't been the actual update, you know, the update update. It's going to change the XP progression and all that stuff. And the rocket pass. Yeah. So we'll probably be moving into like a third event almost. Because the battle, yeah, the be rocket like... pass will come in and that will practically be like an event. <laughs> I'm sort of surprised they didn't do anything to sort of be involved with the World Cup a little more. Other than those TV ads they were running at the time. But... Mm, I don't even know. That's probably just like you have to do some kind of crazy deal with FIFA or whatever. <laughs> That's probably a lot of effort. Well, maybe they don't. They just have to have some countries. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how that works. Like, as, long, as, long as, you, as long as you don't put Modric in there, then you're fine. <laughs> it's, what, it's like, if you were... If you were going to do that, you like you wouldn't be able to have the World Cup mentioned at any point because I'm sure that comes under the FIFA banner. You just have to be like France playing football in an unspecified tournament. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to call it the um, Planet Cup or something. <laughs> well, I'm not Planet sure you could even get away with that though. World. I'm not it's sure. Not we'll... we'll call it the Globe Trophy. There you go. There you go. Got it. Maybe. There's no trademarks on Globe Trophy. I'm sure. I'm like I feel like Rocket League doesn't have a has a doesn't have like a production cycle on their updates that's nearly as responsive as that kind of thing. They would have had been planning that for a long time, and considering all these this other stuff that they've already got planned, they probably didn't have spaces to fit in even more events. That's what I mean. They could have done it instead of the summer event. Is what I mean. Like the summer event could have been the Globe Trophy. I guess, but. I think they prefer seasonal ones to like specific ones because like even in overwatch the summer one it's like it was technically the, the olympics that one time but then they were like nah the olympics doesn't happen every year <laughs> but we still want something happening in the summer oh yeah yeah lucio ball <laughs> like, it's the summer games they just call it yeah it's not olympics it's the summer games
Travel hasn't that... checked in to see what's going on there, like if they've been running that again. Not, 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 <laughs> checked, on, not checked on Overwatch for a while. Haven't seen what the hamster is all about. Mm. So there was that, and then I don't know if there was anything else. I mean, the only other thing that was like slightly new but not new at all was like the bunch of people wanted to play Minecraft again, so I was having to <laughs> fucking try and get Minecraft working again in a new, different way because. Every time, it's like last time I was complaining about how my RAM gets completely full because Minecraft with that many mods just eats all of your RAM immediately, <laughs> naturally. And then this time I was like, you know, maybe we could cut this mod pack down a bit and not have quite so many mods because like, I feel like quite a lot of these are kind of unnecessary and like have overlapping features. And, but, but the trouble with that is that the, the whole point of mod packs really for multiplayer Minecraft servers is to have so much stuff in there that everyone can do something different so that they, the people aren't overlapping. Hmm. So this mod pack is not actually any smaller. In fact, it might even be bigger than the last one. <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm like, oh good. <laughs> this is going to run real well. How much RAM are you running at the moment? 8 gigs. Oh wow, okay. So you're sort of on... I guess, well, 8 gigs is still the sort of I guess min min spec now, right? For yeah, now it's kind of entry. Yeah, yeah, but still, that's more than my work laptop has. <laughs> my work yeah. laptop needs more RAM. Yeah, four gigs is unsustainable. It's why well, I've got six in that thing. It's, oh right, okay. Yeah, it's still not quite enough. But for a decent know, environment. all these years later, sixteen is still pretty. You know, is great. It's still. Yeah, I didn't. I. Did not need to get thirty-two in this PC. No, no. I, I have never pushed it anywhere near that level. No, I think thirty-two is yeah. I, I I don't know what you need to be doing to need that like video heavy video. Well, I th- I thought it would make the video editing process for the salad like like even easier and quicker and stuff like that, but, but it doesn't. It doesn't really. No. And then the other problem with this Minecraft thing is because it's running this ridiculous mod pack. Nowadays, a lot of these large mod packs run through launchers where the launcher manages the downloads and puts all the bits of the mods in the right place and configures them so you don't actually have to worry about it. And I used to do that myself with like the multi-Minecraft launcher where you could just make an instance of Minecraft and import all the mod, data, mod files and then it kind of had some like assistance to help you make sure everything worked correctly but now they have their they have their own launchers or you can launch it through the twitch app <laughs> you can download the twitch desktop app and use that to launch minecraft which you know doesn't, so, doesn't help my ram because then i'm running another fucking app on top of the game that's so strange to me that twitch would make an app to do this well, like, what is probably one of the most popular games on Twitch? <laughs> it was yeah, probably I, a helpful I mean, bit of co-marketing. And my guess, but like, why would they make that for the Java one? Or like, why not just because that's Twitch the one with all the right mods? In... I don't know, but no like, one no plays default Minecraft any longer. <laughs> or, or if they do, no one would watch it. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there was a while when, like, the the Windows 10 version of Minecraft came out when 
that probably was quite commonly watched on Twitch, but it's only vanilla Minecraft. So that gets boring after a while, which is why mods exist. So, well, why not? What's the mod scenario for the Windows 10 version like? <laughs> probably still not good, I bet. How do you mod the Windows 10 version? Yeah, that's the actual question. The way app packages work for UWP and all that stuff. Yes, and this mod pack still, like, even though it's bigger than the previous one we were running, it's, I like, I don't think there's actually that many more new things in it. It's, like, mostly the same. So I'm like, okay, this we put this mod pack in here with the intention of having everyone be able to do stuff, but aren't we still going to be doing a lot of the same things? Mm. <laughs> Especially for things that are, like, the, the, some of the mods that are kind of low-level, but kind of necessary, like the Tinker's Tools mod, where you're where it's like it replaces all the default like mining pickaxes and swords and all that stuff with like customizable tools, and it's like you can't really not do that because that mod's just so good for the for that specific purpose. So you're always going to have to go through that whole process of setting up the Tinker's Forge and all that stuff. So we're still going to be doing that, and we're still going to have like you know conduits to move items around. That's still that those mods are still the same. <laughs> So it's like ninety percent the same stuff. There's just a couple of so far we've got one person who's doing bees because we didn't have bees in, in the last time. All the bee breeding. One person doing or two people doing the magic, because Foundcraft wasn't in our mod pack previously, but I've already played Foundcraft plenty, and apparently they have too, just maybe not this version. So it's the only marginally new. And then I'm like, oh yep, yeah, well, I you know, what else is there? <laughs> We've ex- we've used all these mods. We've run out of mods. Dig a giant hole and build craft again, I guess. Well, yeah, and buildcraft is like buildcraft hasn't been in mod packs for so long. That's the trouble. I mean, buildcraft mm. was never that great at mod, really. It was quite an early version of that kind of idea, and was superseded by other like kind of better ideas, better item conduits for moving shit around. And digging holes. Mm-hmm. And we still haven't got to the point of automated mining, which will be where we'll find out whether the server will crash all the time. Because the last time we played the mod pack, there was like, there was three or four different mods that had different ways of automating mining in, not in the build craft style exactly, but you know, similar things. They just, you'd set them up and they'd go and dig all the ores out of the tiles underneath them. But every single one of those we tried just crashed the server after a certain point. Because hmm. apparently there was some, there was some kind of one of the mods had put in some kind of block or object that spawned underground, and when any of the mining machines tried to mine it, it would just automatically cra- crash the server. We couldn't work out what it was. <laughs> like it's one of these things somewhere underground that we can't see because obviously the mining machine is just pull it, trying to do something hidden away under the earth where we don't know why, where it is or what it's doing. It just then it just crashes. <laughs> Great. Yep. It's always helpful. So, you know, maybe I'll play some more of that. It's just such a bloody hassle for me, specifically. Because <laughs> I'm like, it takes forever to launch, takes forever to close. <laughs> and that just doesn't encourage you to, like, when you, like, you even, that doesn't encourage you to play it for a short period of time. <laughs> You're like, if I'm going yeah. to have to sit here for 10 minutes launching the game, and then, like, 10 minutes after I finish playing for my system to recover, I'm not going to, like, jump in and out of that. <laughs> I have that 
problem at the moment with me trying to do music work. Because, like, <laughs> you know, it's switching to so ice. Yeah. Switching from, from between my OS is, is such a... Switching to ice is such a laborious process now. It takes so long to boot and so long to settle once it's booted that you do have to commit to it and be like, all right, I'm going to come back to this in like 20 minutes and it might be might be good. And also the other problem with... Or every my... time we do a podcast, <laughs> yes. I, might, I have to get that ready well in advance. Well, you have to get lots of stuff ready well in advance for podcasts. Sure. <laughs> the other problem with... My quest first time this week, so, you know. For a change. <laughs> That's good. The problem with my Minecraft for me as well is because it's using all of my RAM. I can't even like do anything else at the same time. Like I can't even have like Chrome open or anything because no. that is too, too much RAM there. In fairness, yeah, Chrome is a horrible memory hog anyway. Yeah, but which makes it actually really annoying for Minecraft because if I have to look anything up on a wiki, I'm like, well, I guess I have to use my phone. But I've got a cheap <laughs> Windows yeah. phone, and that can barely <laughs> open web pages. <laughs> And then the Switch doesn't have a browser on it. <laughs> no. Maybe I should use my 3DS, see if that works better. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that would be so good. Browser or yeah. yeah. It would be like, fine for game facts. It feels like with the Windows phone, a lot of the time it just like... Well, my shitty Windows phone. It feels like a lot of the time it, the Internet Explorer or whatever, crashes because it's trying to do too much. It's like it doesn't know that it's running in such a shit phone that it should try and load quite so many things at once, and then it just gives up. <laughs> so if you put it on the 3DS if it's very specifically tailored browser, maybe it would handle that. <laughs> Probably not, though. It'd be nice if I could just, well, you know, there's the classic problem with mobile internet, but it's like, I need, like, an even more mobile internet where I can just be like, just give me, just open the HTML file and I'll fucking read the text out of the body <laughs> tag. <laughs> just, I'll just control F through the text and find the bit that I need, because all I need is the text. I don't need any of these images or anything. You might be able to, you might have more success if you can disable JavaScript on, you know, mm. in, yeah, maybe. I wonder if there is any additional like options I could fiddle with on the phone browser. I think you can do that. You can definitely do that on an iPhone. Of course, the other, you know, the classic problem with Minecraft wikis is they all use fucking the whatever that the wiki, the Wikipedia one. Yeah, Media not the, not what is it called. Oh, Wikia. Wikia. Yeah, Wikia, yeah. that one. They all, they all use that, and that is just a terrible fucking web yeah. page design. Yes, it is. The adverts just gank everything, and it's just horrible. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that word for a while, but that's very appropriate usage. <laughs> Ganked by adverts. And apparently, it doesn't, like all those web pages don't scale very well on my phone, even though even though it tries to load a mobile version, you get like the the frames of the text boxes like spill over the edge of the box over the edge of the page it's just like why is this so bad <laughs> so yeah not helpful if you well, need to look anything up well your phone's still running IE isn't it I guess it'll be pre-edge on your phone so yeah shit how did they even get IE to run on a phone <laughs> not very well is it actually IE or is it? Yeah, because like a... I think they only introduced Edge on Windows Phone on Windows 10 mm. mobile, and I'm pretty sure Zach's phone must be either running Windows 7 or Windows 8. Mm, yeah, probably. 
Did you think this was a better phone OS? <laughs> but shame about the browser bit. Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, it may not necessarily be a problem with, a br- with the browser as much as it is that, that you've got that browser crammed into my phone. <laughs> yeah, probably. Crammed into a really underpowered phone. You still play Jetpack Joy, right? You're fine. Yep, exactly. That's all you need. <laughs> and speaking of mobile games, I guess I continued playing Pokemon Quest and Fallout Shelter. Not much happened there. I grinded my way through another two of the Pokemon Quest areas. Like, you know, it's still at the point of just being this kind of annoying grind where you're like, I just need, like, one more level and then I can finally have just just barely enough power to beat the boss and then move on to a new set of grinding. <laughs> but a set of grinding that would be slightly faster than the current grinding you're doing for a while. Well, yeah, for a while. Because, like, you know, you get those statues that increase your XP rate for another set of levels. So I'm like, mm. oh, I could level up slightly faster up to 50 now. <laughs> I don't know how bad it is past that. Well, there's only one more area after the one I'm on now, so it's like theoretically not much more to this game oh crikey so you've actually managed to grind through all of it for free well it was like the the, there was only three levels that have been in the grind zone so there's like six or seven before that it turned into the grind and then there's these three and then there's like one more after that so i think that just like or at least i assume it's only one more it look it appears to only be one more on the map (laughs) but you know there could be some kind of something that happens some kind of something. And then it's just a matter of how many more Pokemon do you want to try and collect? There's only 150, you know. <laughs> it's quite it's easy to get all 150. It's a proper number of Pokemon. Yeah. And then Fallout Shelter has been... that. I That's progressed to the point where it's like you. I don't have to pay nearly as much attention to it. It's like I can just... The the timers are in like the six hour range or whatever, so I can just be like, yeah, I only have to look at this literally once a day now. <laughs> mm. No need to come back and check in at any point. Just get in daily, get the daily rewards or whatever as you do. Classic. See, they confirmed that uh, Jesse and James are definitely in Pokemon. Let's go. Which is kind of weird because <laughs> you uh, wouldn't. Why would they not be? Well, why would they be? <laughs> I went Team Rocket in. They were Team Rocket were in in red and blue, but not Jesse and James. Not specific oh, mean... Team Rocket characters from the anime. <laughs> I see. Right. I just sort of always assumed that they it was them. They just hadn't named them yet. Well, they were. There was never any specific Team Rocket char- like named named Team Rocket members only started appearing in quite later generations. Before that, they were just like, Rocket Grunt and Rocket Leadership. (laughs) Okay. And then the boss dude who had a name, but that was just because he was the boss dude. Giovanni. Meowth isn't the boss then. No. But yeah, the fact that they're like bringing in the (laughs) anime references into the game... Because like then what? But that's, you know, that's kind of what um, Yellow was, wasn't it? That like the whole point is they were bringing Pikachu in because Pikachu got popular because of the show. Uh, kind of, not exactly. But it's but that's like, why Pikachu's a thing, right? It's because they chose to put him and Ash together for the show. I don't know if that is why. I feel like Pikachu might have just got some popularity anyway. 
if you were looking at all of the, uh, especially the early Pokemon that you get during a run of Red and Blue, Pikachu's probably the one that's like an interesting design. I guess. It's not might just a one of the bird. <laughs> might, might be one of the easiest ones to plushy. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the, like having actual... Because then you're like, you're implying... Are you implying that like the actual character in Let's Go is actually Ash, except it's not because it's clearly not? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it's clearly just Red, the, the generic game Pokemon trainer name. I... I really hope they go through the whole introduction speech. I, they might. <laughs> they. I really, I really hope they do because it's like if it's Jesse and James, you've got to do it. I guess. And, and you've got to have Meowth pop up at the end. Well, mm, yeah, that's right. But then, like, but then you know, then you're bringing in a talking Pokemon into the games. <laughs> yeah, like opening a whole other oh, level. Problem. I guess like, well, yeah, but they've got. Detective Pikachu now. I don't know if Detective Pikachu counts as existing in the same world as the Pokemon games. Like, I think that's literally a spin-off. Not like a a completely separate universe. What if Meowth doesn't like coffee? Maybe maybe Detective Pikachu exists in the anime universe. maybe. Maybe that's the other way around. I don't know. I guess we'll never know because we're not going to play that game, probably. <laughs> oh man, it'd be so good if, like, if if that was what that was the twist that it's like Jesse James Team Rocket oh, the speed of light and just like the Detective Pikachu turns up and goes, "That's right." His <laughs> 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 ridiculous voice. Hey, they pay real nice. I'm working for them now. Hey, hey. Hey, Detective Pikachu, pay the bills. I think that's mostly all that I played. There was a tiny bit more Zelda. I still didn't actually bother to go and beat that Cannon yet. <laughs> of course. Why bother when there's so anything else to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, but, you know, you can just do it and then go back to doing everything else. Know, Wouldn't even but, be a problem. But then it feels like you should put it down, really, doesn't it? I don't know. Mm, kind of, yeah. yeah. And I was also, I also like had to look look around for some information about, you know, how I was thinking about the weird buff thing for the Master Sword trial and seeing whether that was actually a glitch or not. And then I ended up watching some other videos about glitches, like how to get 999 arrows in no time at all from using weird glitches. I mean, you go back and watch some of Summer Games done quick. I've just it's just totally passed me by this year. Yeah, I only watched a small bit of it because I was just like, this seems that interesting. <laughs> mm. And I, I, norm- I normally I try to think we're saying the Mario Maker stuff is worth a watch. Well, the Mario Maker races that they do are always fairly decent for crazy Mario Maker shit. <laughs> mm. But just like I even when I watched some of the like task bot stuff, which is normally that that was the stuff that I'd watched previously. But the task bot stuff has gotten too much to the point where it's just like too much programming where they're just like yeah. it's not even just it's not playing the game fast it's just literally hacking the game into something completely different <laughs> and it's like yeah, that's it's... not really that interesting after you've seen it once no no the fact that it could be done is just is is ama- like through the controller is kind of amazing in of itself but as i say once that's been done 
because it's like they there was I don't know if it was this year or whether that was or whether it was ADDGQ instead of SDGQ, but they did like Monkey Ball again, but tasked. Mm. But like they were doing it through replay files, so they were just playing back the replays of the task runs. But then at the end, they revealed that in actual fact, they found a way to just hack the replay files so they can program the replays to show whatever the fuck they wanted. <laughs> it was just like, oh, well, that, right. this whole thing was completely pointless. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, this was all a lie. So, yeah. I wonder if that was... So, uh, yo, I, I wonder in what way, like, because some replays, like, rely on some amount of the game's physics to still be intact. Yeah. In order for the replay to play out properly. But I wonder if you could literally make anything. <laughs> if Like, we yes. can move the ball over here, then over here, then over here, and do a little dance. Then it did kind of seem like it, <laughs> to some extent. They were just teleporting around or flying really quick. <laughs> Although they did, when they said that, they were like, and now you can no longer use replays to upload speedruns because there's no proof, there's no way you can prove that the replays are legitimate any longer. <laughs> yeah. You can, you're line. completely boned. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha ha, we've screwed up a community. Yep. Kind of badly. So yeah, I, I, like, I don't know, sometimes speedruns are getting a bit ridiculous. I did watch, I watched this, like, first half of, uh, Sonic Adventure, and, you know, you had to say oh no several times. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's all you, that's all you really need. My power is failing. <laughs> so that's that, nope. I guess. I suppose that'd be an appropriate moment to plug that we finished our uh, Sonic <laughs> yes. Colors playthrough. The last Take part hasn't been uploaded yet, though, has it? No, not yet. It's it's all it's encoded and ready to go. I'd finish that off today, but it's not uploaded yet. Spoilers. <laughs> You spoiled the, the fact that we finished the game the next episode. Well, yeah. We were quite close to the end anyway, if you watched part three. So, yeah. Sure, but what if we'd had some kind of ridiculous disaster? Or, you know, what if the last level <laughs> well, had taken three times as long as it should have, and then there was a million years of credits? <laughs> yeah, what if those things happened? What if? Yeah, so subscribe to the channel Happy Salad to find out what happened at the end of Sonic Colors. <laughs> with a surprisingly stupid storyline. I wouldn't say it gets better. <laughs> You'd yeah, say anyway, the best stuff that... is like at the start. Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah, well, yeah right at the start. When it's yeah. like that, f- the first like few cutscenes are yeah. the bits where it's good, and then there's the, bit, there's the middle phase where it's basically the same joke every time, where Sonic yeah. talks to the boss for a while and, <laughs> and says random bullshit. And it's, got, it's got to do a little bit of filler, I suppose, because it doesn't know quite what order you're going to play those levels in, yeah. because you can, can do, it, do it out of sequence. And then at the end, it just gets kind of dumb in the, in a, not in like a generic way. Not even like a... Yeah. It doesn't even get super dumb. It just gets like slightly dumb, but not really in a hilarious way. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't quite double. They didn't quite double down on what they on the seed they'd sown. No. It's... And you know, you have fun spending some time talking about how ridiculous the logic of the Sonic universe is in general. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Space every episode. Every episode is that.
Sonic Mania Plus is out this week. Finally, it seems like that's been coming for so goddamn long. You just see it on YouTube all the time. It's like here's another bit of plus. Here's some more plus. Here's Super Ray because we're the... not going to can spoil everything that's in this thing. <laughs> What's the deal with that for for people that already own it? Is it like just a DLC pack for us? I would assume so. I don't actually know. Because I, 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 I've seen a lot of places being like, "Yeah, it's out this week," and like, like indicating that you know there's a new standalone version of it, and it's like, "Yes, there is," but it's like I'm pretty sure they said at some point that there was going to be an update to. Yeah, I, I think I saw two prices at some point in a video thumbnail. Okay, <laughs> one so of anyway, which was be... about as half as much as the other one. Probably be here. Probably be a good excuse to go back and play some more Sonic. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Any excuse, uh, but this is a pretty good one. Yeah, it's the first time I'll be playing as an armadillo because I didn't play Chaotix, so you know, yeah. I think yeah. I didn't play as Mighty. <laughs> Yes, okay. You also did play Dylan. <laughs> Dylan? You know, rolling whatever that game's called on the US. He's another guy. Yeah, Dylan's Breakers or something. I suppose you think that game's alright. Yeah. And also, well, I've never actually played Sega Sonic either, so I haven't played as Ray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should figure out how to get that running on MAME at some point. Because it's always trackball was the was the annoying thing about that game. Yeah. And you couldn't even play as Mighty in Sonic Heroes, because <laughs> he didn't exist. <laughs> no, he was he just wasn't there for some reason. And he only got a small bit of Chaotix. Are any are any, of cha- are any of Chaotix in Sonic Riders were they were they, were they skipped for that? I don't even remember. <laughs> no. I don't think so, because I think no. like the bird team just kind of overrode the chaotic, I guess. Yeah. Ah, Sonic. Sonic Forces hasn't been adequately on sale yet for us to pick it up for a video series. So, you know. <laughs> for a hilarious I video I series. Yeah, I haven't quite been able to justify it to myself yet. Uh, Sonic done. You're done. Yes. Yes. Cool, it's your time, Rob. Let's pick up where we left off, shall we? <laughs> Devil May Cry 4. Indeed. It got worse. Oh, did it? Yeah, it really did. It was like, my hope got up for a brief moment. Like, So last, last time I was up to the turning point, which is about halfway through the story, where you... Control shifts from Dante to, um, sorry, from Nero to, and then you get to play as Dante, and it's like, okay, so what does that mean? It's like, like, what's actually involved here? And okay, and turns out there's quite a lot different. Actually, it's like the way Dante fights is way better <laughs> than how Nero fights. It's like there's more multiple stances. There's multiple. Um, weapons uh, and all of a sudden the whole thing starts to feel a little bit more like DMC and uh, a little bit bayonettery but not quite you know you still don't have those the fancy dodging stuff and all that um but it's like I could switch to royal guard mode for instance and be like oh okay instead of when I when I push b button instead of doing a um uh the 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 the, 
the the moves with your arm that you would your devil arm that you would do with Nero. It's like now you do a stance move. So if I have royal guard up, I can actually try and time blocks and parries and build up a guard meter that I can then rage out and hurt things real bad. And it's like okay, but that's just one part of his character. I can then switch to swordmaster mode and do some more air juggle stuff. Um, uh, or I could switch to gunslinger mode and have a have a uh, um, all of this on the fly. It's all on the D-pad, so you can just switch to any of these stances at will, and so, you know, then swing the gun around and do some other crazy stuff. And it's uh, it's like it, it suddenly the combat felt a lot deeper and a lot more interesting. And then I realised how the game was going to play out from that point, which is to do all of the first half of the game again, but backwards. So. Nero's ran all the way through this like weird castle structure thing to get to a point, and now Dante's going to run all the way back, oh, and it's and we're fighting all the same bosses on the way, just in oh, slightly no. harder forms. No, come on, yeah. Man. And I was just like, oh no, is this really how it's going to go? And it's like, yeah, and it keeps going, and it really is that. There's a couple of as a couple of odd little tweaks along the way, like you might go for a level where the route's all messed up because every exit takes you somewhere else rather than where you expect to be, and there's a sort of mini puzzle in trying to figure that out. Um, but, yeah, and some of the areas are slightly different because there are things in the way, so you've got to take a slightly different route through them, but it is just retreading all the old ground again. All the old ground again. I mean... And it just... It just feels cheap. It's, it's like so no, no, yeah, a new a new combat replacing the combat system to make it more interesting just doesn't save it from just being a feeling cheap. Like, and it's then cemented even worse because the penultimate level has Nero playing a sort of board game thing where you hit a dice and you a little player character moves around the board and things like that and the idea is to get on these specific spots so you can go to a specific fight and then when you win that fight you go up the level to the next board and keep going except those specific fights are the boss fights again mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's, mm, it's just not it's just no good man it's like they there's no it's just cheap it's just cheap and cheeky. It's like there's, there's, there's. You've, you've given me half a game and extended it out dramatically. I mean, yeah. I mean, they have that. People have that criticism of like Metal Gear Solid Five, right? But it's like they ran out of kind of development time a lot with that, didn't they? And like that, it, you know, that's an open world game or whatever. And like, I didn't really remind. I didn't mind replaying those missions with all the different things and stuff. But it's quite no, I would, like to... Yeah, I would say that MGS does a way better job of it because of the extra restrictions it puts on you. Mm. Yeah, like you're, it, it feels like more of a thought, I guess because it's slightly more of a thought process rather than just use, mastering a different combat system that maybe that's... It's more engaging, mm. I guess, doing it again in, in that particular instance. It is cheap, but yeah, it's, but, but that was never the intended plan. It's cheap in um, a ridiculously expensive game. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's a lopsided thing, right? Yeah. But I'm just I'm just I'm just so bummed out about the, the like this because you know Devil May Cry 4 is supposed to be one of the good ones. 
It's like everything apart from two is generally well received by the fans as uh, uh, you know as as being good Devil May Cry games. They're worth playing. Da da da. But I just don't see why it's got this. It's like I don't know if this would even have been acceptable back in two thousand eight when it first came out. Like obviously I'm playing the remastered version, but um, like when did Bayonetta actually come out? That must have been near that time, if not earlier. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like so. Even in the face of Bayonetta, I can't. I ju- I just can't look at this and go, "This is a good game," because Bayonetta is so be- much better. Like, just not even a little bit better. It is so much better. Even if Bayonetta is basically cribbing Devil May Cry style, like almost wholeheartedly, it just does a way better job of it. I mean, even Dante's style is like he's he's way more interesting a character than the Nero, but. And, you know, his quips are better, and some of the scenes are really stupid. Some of the cutscenes are just so stupid that you just can't help but smile at them, like, especially with him. There's a whole sort of, like, mini opera scene between him and the evil scientist dude that's just just great. It's like, yeah, okay, this is completely dumb and over the top and doesn't need to be here, but I'm really glad it is. But that's a cutscene, right? It's like... and and was a lead up to me doing that boss fight again, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just it's a bad game. I'm gonna I'm just gonna straight up saying it. I think yeah. it's a bad game. Yeah, it's 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 a letdown. Because then I went and looked at all the other character stuff as well. Because it's like the special edition throws in you can play as like it's got Virgil and it's got um, Trish and Lady as other other. It's presented as other stories, um, but. I tried the first few levels as both Virgil and as Lady, and guess what? You're just going to play the game again as these other characters. It's like there's no new story twists or anything well, like. You might well, get a yeah. slightly, yeah, basically, you might just get a, you might get a slightly tweaked cutscene here and there, but it's 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 a shallow experience. We are just running the levels again as a different character. Now, yes, again, it looks like they've put the effort into making playing as these characters. Like, they're full characters. It's like they've got a full combat system and their combat systems are distinct and, uh, you know, different enough that uh, I, you know, they're interesting mechanically. But I just don't have any interest in in doing that again for the entire length of the game, both backwards and forwards. It's just... There's no there's no drive there. And Devil May Cry always positions itself as, okay, play it once, now you've done that, play it harder... Now you've done that, play it harder, except we're going to tweak the rules a little bit. Now do it again, and we're going to make the rules even weirder. It's one of those, like, it wants you to replay and replay and replay games. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. It's just how it's always been designed. But Yeah, that's fair beca- enough. But, but because half the game is a replay... <laughs> Already, yeah. I'm done. And I've only, done, I've only been through Devil Hunter mode, which is, like, medium mode. Also, playing it for a medium doesn't give you the easy achievements. <laughs> like, oh, capital what? fail. Yeah. Come on, guys. It's a classic. Cap- Capital fail. Had that figured out when freaking Achievers were introduced. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think they did. <laughs> no, Quite a lot of games still did that. <laughs> for a long time. I think Halo did that fine. Oh, for the, like, a, a, you know, completion achievements. I don't think it made you play through easy mode to get the easy mode achievement. No, it definitely didn't. Um, it, it, but yeah, anyway, yeah, this is sort of like so. I, I now have 
I was vaguely interested in Devil May Cry 5. But now I don't know if I can hold that. I, I just have no reason to be hype anymore. It's like, if this was a good one. And I have, I, you know, I talked about it last time, but I have complaints about how that combat system works in general. Like, it's not as flexible as Devil, as, as DMC. It's not as um, fast as Bayonetta. It's not as... Um, the the boss fights sometimes feel quite cheap, and you know some of the mechanics you need to defeat enemies after a while. Once you've figured out their trick, they're not all that fun to fight. It's you know it's got it's got lots of issues along aside from its structure. But anyway, that's that. I will put that down. Uninstall. <laughs> okay. Deinstall. But we're still. So, what does that make you think about the? Future of the franchise, given they've announced a new one. Well, as I said, I'm just just not not really hype anymore. Not it's hype, like yeah. like I don't know. Like, it feels like there's a ridiculous amount of ground to make up. Oh well, let's just play Bayonetta. <laughs> yeah, let's hope Bayonetta three isn't that far away. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> Anything else this? Uh... This, no, this no, time. just called me a perv for saying. <laughs> Not a fan of Bayonetta. Um, uh, yeah, so I played through the entire campaign of Halo Wars Two. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Was that on the uh, Game Pass then? It's also on Game Pass. Yes. So I was, I was sort of vaguely intrigued by this because, like, the first game seemed like it was. Uh, I think, I think, as I said before, it's sort of like okay, you've got they've got some interesting ideas, some in, interesting simplifications for making it work on console, but they didn't necessarily stick the landing in a couple of places, and it didn't necessarily feel complex enough to be all that um, uh, to be engaging for too much longer. Although it did hold my attention for longer than I expected. Um, so come on, here comes Halo Two, Halo Wars Two. With a different studio, Creative Assembly instead of Ensemble this time, who obviously have some strategy heritage themselves. Um, so I was sort of going into this expecting quite a different take, but, uh, and a, you know, it was built fairly recently, so it will have like modern uh, graphics and modern standards and yada yada yada. Shit should be an interesting run. This game is way more similar to the first game than I expected. Like it, it is almost identical. They have changed oh, really? a few things, oh. but but the actual handling of it is 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 yeah less experimental than I was kind of yeah, hoping I for. I thought it would be quite different, given that it's a totally different studio. Hmm. It's like so you're still you're still like bases still behave the same way. You're still dropping them in. You're still getting a certain number of spaces around them in which to build things. Uh, you're still getting the same sort of rock paper scissors unit mechanics that you know ensemble put together in the first game like vehicles are good against infantry infantry are good against air um and general all-rounders and there's you know stuff in in the middle to mix things up so you're supposed to be selecting the right unit for the right job which is made slightly difficult by the fact it's you know yeah this is the thing i've always struggled with rts is it's like you just end up with a mess of units and it's like okay i need you to be hitting that guy i need you to be hitting that guy except you're all in a mess and fires going everywhere so how do you properly organize this fight it's like and the answer is you don't you You just mash two armies against each other and hope for the best yeah um 
<laughs> so it's like it just it ended up playing a bit like that. There, they've changed a couple of things. It's like so the tech system is a little different this time. In the uh, in the last game, it was if you build a generate the number of generators you had in your bases was your tech level uh, for the UNSC side. And uh, but now power is a resource, so you you is a currency. So you need generators to build power as a currency, um, and it's not all that more interesting than that now it's like it is just you need you need some blue and you need some yellow to build some units it's like it's not i guess it's a bit like starcraft in that respect it's like oh you need some some green stuff and you need some blue stuff and if you've got the right combination of that stuff then you can build other stuff except because like you don't really need to get too much of that off the map uh or build in specific places it's like you just build stuff around your base it's like there's no real there's no massive resource control game here. Yeah. It's more which, about your which choice is a big about part of your tra- traditional kind of real yeah. strategy, right? But yeah, in in, in that, that sense, the fun but... part. I don't know because I can see why. Like, yeah, because because like cut down on on the importance of that maybe and kind of emphasize the. No, and I do, and I do appreciate it in that sense because it's you know the the. One of that's one of the reasons I'm a big fan of World in Conflict is because like the yeah, resource exactly. management is gone. Uh, it's like, it's like your, your resource, your management is uh, your unit cap, in, and that's all, uh, almost in in World in Conflict. And it's like, yeah, you've got a unit cap hitter as well that you can research to increase. So you've got right. some of that to manage as well. And some of the bigger units will take much bigger chunks of your cap. Uh, like a scorpion will take seven out of your out of your pool, for instance. Instead of just like being, it's not one unit. No, it's it's like seven units, and even marines count as like three and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so it's doing all that. Like tech level is now, as to go back to the original point, you upgrade tech levels by just upgrading your base. It's like if you want, you you, you click your base, and if you've got enough money, you can upgrade it, and then that'll increase your tech level, and then you can then build bigger stuff from some of your places. But there's like not a great deal more than that on the base side of things. It's like it's still kind of fairly simple. It's still fairly just chuck down the pattern that you know to get started. You can you can pretty much build everything you need in a single base. But then the game does the thing that the first game did as well, was there's an emphasis on getting other bases to just like either churn out more resources, which is how I usually play it. Like just give me more money so I can just churn out more crap if I need it in a hurry. Or uh, yeah, or forward, forward operating bases, I suppose, is for just being like, uh, I need, I need somewhere nearer the fight, or I can just chuck out some marines every now and then. And it's, uh, yeah. So it's, it's all of what I'm saying, really, at the moment. It's just like it's, it's slightly tweaked, but very much the same. And that's kind of true of the whole rest of the game and the campaign structure. If anything, they've streamlined the campaign. So like some of the crazier mission types are, are, are missing here. Oh, like there was. So in the in the first Halo Wars, there was like there was a mission against a a, a scarab that wasn't fully built yet. So okay. it was it, it so it was sat on one edge of the map, but was like sweeping the area like but a spotlight. So you had to keep your but there was like um, stuff in the way, so you had to move your units like up to it uh, without being in the spotlight. But every now and then, it would just fire of its own accord because it kind of knew where your base was. So it was taking down the barricade in front of your base. So it became a bit of a time challenge to be like, okay, I've got to get my user, my unit safely to it, taking out stuff on the way. And da, 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 da. So you know, that was that was one of the more out there missions. Or there's one that's on your carrier on the back of it as you're traveling through a forerunner 
um, installation of some kind. But every now and then it, there'd be like a, a security sweep, like a, a big laser grid. So you had to like periodically put your users into like uh, little hangers to stop them from getting hurt. Um, and so, you know, there are little tweaks to the formula here and there. This is more like more straight objectives. It's like you're not in those crazy scenarios so much. It's more like, okay, maybe this mission you've probably got to defend a little more waves are going to be coming at you. There is one that is basically like tower defense. It's like here you have a base and some stuff and some watchtowers around the outside of the this island are going to tell you when enemies are coming, be ready. Mm-hmm. Um uh, or hey, maybe this mission it might be a good idea to have some sniper units that can see a long way because we're going to give you some artillery that will shoot at anything you can see. So maybe play that way. It heavily hinted, and, and, and the, but the the thing is, is like a lot of these things are hints. There's like you don't have to play in a specific way, but the game kind of heavily recommends you might want to. Mm. Uh, and all the missions are kind of like that, like just go through, kill everything, you're done. Maybe hold out a bit. And it's like, but it is still somehow weirdly compelling because the story's not all that bad. Um, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not inventive in any particular way. It's not going to win awards or anything like that. You like the world or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they've been... They've clearly been given some freedom in terms of like what they can do with the world's units and things like that, because there are definitely units in both of these games that aren't in the you know the other Halo games. It's like they needed some roles fulfilling, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed yeah. Some, there were some slots in the kind of uh, rock paper scissors of yeah. the RTS that needed new things for it. So that yeah, they, they've definitely added stuff. Like I'm not sure. Um, especially on the Covenant side, actually. Like, I'm not sure some of the... Oh, what's it called? Some like a... Brickleback or something like that. Like, it's right. just like a sort of weird bug thing that is like a flying... A little flying fortress, and t- but it can land on the ground and deploy like a, like an artillery and has like... And its back opens up and then it's just massive missiles, pods just come out and it's like... Those are pretty cool. Mm. Uh, you also, there's no flood presence in this one because weirdly the game is set on the Ark, which I thought got destroyed at the Halo, yeah. end of Halo Three, but apparently not. Oh. Um, uh, and you're fighting a sort of um, an offshoot of the, the Covenant Ark, called the Banished. Oh, so so it's a, it, it's unexplained. It's a direct follow-on from the first game, and at the end of the first game, you're lost at space, lost in space, classically. Right. Um, but uh, the arc and, is not even in the galaxy. It's the galaxy. It? Yeah, so that's so that's the bit that's not known. So at the very start of the game, it, like it goes like, but how did we get through slip space because we lost our slip space drive in the first game? Uh, and it's like it's implied that it's some sort of last action by the AI of the previous ship. Oh, okay. Uh, that it's, you've been in cryo for like twenty eight years or something like that. So the AI lifespan. She terminated herself from so Serena from the first game's not in this one. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and so something happened there to get you where you need to be. Question, question. Don't know. Hmm. How so convenient. If you were going to play one of them, <laughs> would you play the first one? 
yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think playing them in order has still been fine. Mm. I don't know how much I'm going to get into the multiplayer side of this one because I did some of the skirmish stuff against AI. I don't want to play against real people. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I got, I got into trying out like the Covenant and stuff like that in the first game and trying all the mm. game modes out and stuff like that. And it was a, had a pretty good time with it. Um, I mean, in some respects, that's where this one perhaps tries to play its hand a little more is in the multiplayer side oh, okay. because they've got this mode called Blitz which I think is their monetization strategy because you build up decks of cards and then you, uh, instead of having bases, you can build up energy by doing certain things on a particular map, like getting these little energy pods on the, on the map. Uh, but it's basically like a free base capture point control mode. Uh, so A, B and C. And if you have more of them then you're gaining points, um, and your opponent's not, and it's first to a score target. But the units you put down have to be played from a ha- from your hand at that point in time for an energy cost. With summoning sickness, interestingly. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> like they have a fatigue. It's like if you put them if you put them down like away from your start point, they have a, like a like they they say they have fatigue, or it's like they come in with only half health. Uh, but that health will recharge if they don't get touched um, for a little while after coming into play. Um, but some of them are like, like at literally like spells. It's like, hey, you can call in one like a like a set of pelicans to come and help you out at this particular moment in time, and they'll circle the area and things like that. And it's 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 weird, but it's it's heavily skewed towards people that sink money into it because if you you get a lot of dupes, there aren't that many cards, um, and you earn a lot a reasonable number of the the blitz card packs by playing through the campaign, um, but. If you get a dupe, what that does is it appears to level up cards you already have. So they'll be, and it'll be literally just like a stat boost. So like, oh, this this one's got more armor. This one's now got more range. Well, the health of these guys have just gone up. Um, so I'm sort of sat there thinking, oh, okay. So the key to success in Blitz mode is to buy a lot of cards, level everything up, not actually be good. Which is a shame because it has a firefight variant of it for co-op play that actually sounded kind of interesting. But it's like, okay, so the only re- real way I might actually be good at this firefight is by having powerful cards. And it's like, ugh, kind of ruined what I thought might be an interesting idea. I mean, yeah, it sounded like a cool concept, but hasn't quite didn't quite pan out. Yeah, screwed up by monetization. I mean, that wouldn't happen today, right, would it? Or you'd hope less, or they'd find some way to... I don't know, Halo Wars 2 isn't that old. No, I know, but I mean since since Battlefront 2 and everything. No, I guess. Yeah, they probably wouldn't even try. Maybe. I suppose they tried with Forza 7, but that was around the same time. (laughs) This is Battlefront. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm having, having a, I've had, I had a pretty good time. It took me like six and a half hours to get through that campaign. It's not crazy long. Might even be shorter than the first game. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I might, might dig into seeing how the Banished play again. See if there are any major differences this time. Because they did the Covenant did play slightly differently to the UNSE in the first game. Like the way you built your base was a little different. The way you teched up was slightly different. Um, 
He had more shielding capabilities than the UNSC did, which makes sense. Hmm. Uh, it's a good-looking game. I give it that. Yeah, I remember it looking cool when I saw like previews of it and stuff. Yeah, run, runs very well on my machine. I can like I'm running it like a, not at 4K, but at sort of 150% up-res to deal with its quite frankly terrible aliasing issues if you run it at 1080. Um, right. It looks a lot better if you 150% it, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good-looking game. Controls well. I like getting hold of a Spartan and making it jump on a tank so the tank is mine. You know. Can you still that do all, all units? You can still do all units. And I probably use that too much. That's probably my uh, Achilles heel. Because it's just like, it's just easy just to grab everything and go do yeah. a thing. Unless you're like trying to, constantly trying to make groups. Spend half your life trying to make groups. Yeah, which is like the key to success on some of those um, defensive missions. It's like cause you need to be leaving units in certain places and perhaps flying like a squad of hornets around seemed to be my go-to. It's like, right, if I just leave some ground units here, there, and everywhere, and I'll have a squad of aircraft that I fly around to assist. I mean, it seemed like it, playing Homeworld, like, the, the, it's quite hard to select things in Homeworld because it's in 3D. But, like, so half the half the game you spend, like, making the right groups before you start the battle so that you, you can actually pick the right rock, paper, scissors guys for the situation. Mm. I mean, I know, and it has like a whole keyboard's full of buttons for selecting certain kinds of, you know, types of units. I don't know. Never got that good at it. I think, yeah, there are some tricks that I like. I, I think this game could have done with like perhaps a bit more onboarding. Actually, it's like because the first thing it didn't, I didn't even realize there was a tutorial in it until I looked at the achievements list, and it was like there's achievements for doing the tutorials, and it's like, oh. Oh, I didn't even know they were there because the campaign just didn't push me in that direction to go do them. Mm. Um, and it could, so it probably could have done with a little bit like that if you if you're new to the game. But fortunately, pretty much everything from the first game carries over. Um, but there's like I probably should have learned the trick of double clicking things would select every unit in the local area of that same type. That probably would have been useful. Like, I just want all my hornets out of this bundle and come over here. Yeah, exactly. I Yeah, probably should have learned that <laughs> ahead of time. Um, but I also don't think it does a particularly good job at explaining uh, units' um, strengths and weaknesses. I mean, the campaign sort of does it in terms of storytelling. Like, okay, here's, the, here's an artillery unit. You probably need to take it out from a... Uh, quickly because it's just going to bombard you unless you don't um you know stuff like that like this, the, the mission scenario seem to explain how units are good and or not good to some degree but there's no like if i forget something there's no, no real decent hover text you get a little bit but i, w- I would like to know a, quite a lot more about what the some of the units are good at and something not at they've got a little um symbol system which i actually think is really neat because it's oh, like yeah. um if you if you do hover over one of the units and you want to learn about it, like there'll be a there'll be four symbols next to it to be like okay okay it's um which will be color coded to show your effectiveness and what they can attack. So if one of them is black, for instance, it's like you know okay these units can't attack this type of unit, um, but if they're green, then they're going to be relatively okay at dealing with them. Um, 
So, so they do at least give you that. They do expose their rock, paper, scissors a little bit. It just sometimes it might be nice to have a bit more flavor text on it to be like, okay, this is this is what you do. Um, if you want, you can get some of that stuff, but you have to go to like the archives in the game's menus outside of a match and sort of dig through the logs and be like, okay, let's have a look at the UNSE units. Let's see if there's anything in this flavor text that describes how we do it. But I think some of that stuff could have been a little better. Good effort, though. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Also, the quality of the CG is really good, like, during the cutscenes. Oh, really? They seem to, yeah, Halo-based stuff, they seem to... It's Blur Studios again, so it's the same guys that did all the Halo 2 stuff, and the Halo 2 remake stuff. uh... Although, it is a little weird that they changed the character designs of literally everybody from the first game. (laughs) What? Why? Well, I looked it up. Apparently, like they they wanted to use uh, for the motion capture, they used real they used the likenesses of real actors this time, whereas in the first game they uh, sort of made up the characters' faces. I guess it for a more realistic performance, maybe. Mm. So yeah, so all the characters changed. <laughs> little weird little off some of them dramatically because i was just like is that the same person oh apparently it is yeah definitely a bit off putting but anyway yeah i'm sort of sort of done with that uh i'll I'll check out some multiplayer i suppose and uh check in next time report back on that one yeah yeah uh i think that's pretty much it really i've still been tinkering with riptide gp a little bit (laughs) <laughs> somehow yeah that game is massive in terms of like how much career events that has even though it's like the same thing over and over and over again like just getting slightly faster each time i suppose it's like i'm now i'm now at boss level so it's like i've done the storyline but it's now unlocked like okay here's the hardest version of every event on every level go do it so I'm, i've got to that point now it's like just the hardest of the hard stuff to do It's kind of okay, mind like it's a mindless game. I don't mind just picking it up and having a bit of fun, just killing time in it, you know. Hmm. There's something satisfying about its trick system, like we just flick some sticks about in the air yeah, and it does a all. does a thing. I always like that kind of style. Yeah, more than like button combo, like. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite it's quite neat. Like you know, if you push left stick up, right stick down, that's how you do a spin. Like you know, yeah. like a helicopter spin. If you push both the sticks in, that's how you do a front flip, like towards each other. I mean, sort of one right, one left. Um, and doing it the other way is how you do back flip. So it ends up feeling quite natural how to do specific tricks. And like you know, you double tap it to do a double flip, and it's like, oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's that's a. I think the trick system is quite well thought through. It's the same. The tracks sometimes don't feel like they fit the tricks you're trying to pull off, but that seems to get easier as the cars get faster. Get more airtime. Up to the point where there are some tracks where if you get too much airtime, you just slam into a wall. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, damn it, my, my jump was too good. Damn. Don't take that jump. Just drive the, lo- <laughs> drive the slow way. You'll be fine, because you won't crash. 
Anyway, yeah, yeah, I think I'm done. Cool. Oh, uh, apart from yeah, sorry, playing more Octo. Still, still working my way through that. That thing's still cool. Are you gonna make no. a? Oh, I guess you can't. I don't think there'd be a video of that. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. Yeah, we need we need some capture kit yeah, to do that off the switch. That, yeah. But yeah. Cool. Um, I haven't because I've been struggling with this RSI thing uh, and now this stupid glasses thing but I did order God of War so um, Ah, I I will hopefully get to play that but uh, yeah, see if I can sort these things out first. I've got Mm. like new um, wrist rest and bullshit for my desk at work so hopefully by the time I get home I'll be okay to use use the controller. I always found myself not using those like wrist rest things properly. Like just no, like I know. I, I you're not supposed not to using... actually wrist rest your wrists on them when you're typing. It's more like when you're not typing, almost. No. Oh, yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's quite weird because like you can like increase the pressure on the underside of your wrists if you're have if you're kind of their weight is on them while you're. Uh, like I got some, and they have little grooves to f- like. I don't know if it's a dumb idea, but it shows you where to play. They're like it's memory foam, and then so two. It's like two separated uh, pads for your wrists, and then they have a little groove in the middle for like where the actual nerve is, I suppose. Um, so you're not like putting weight on the actual nerve, the carpal tunnel or whatever it is. Mm. Anyway, let's see if that helps. Yeah, I might try out a key, a stoop, one of those crazy keyboards as well. It seems like Microsoft make the best ones still. Uh, and this sort of ergonomic sort of yeah. split ones, you mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll have to see if I can remap it for a Mac, but I think it'll work. Um, yeah, it should be fine. I'll, I'll give it a try. I mean, it's just just to see. I don't know if it'll help, but it's worth it. Well. It'll be worth a try. Yeah, any, anything is if you're still having grief of it, even now. Oh, a yeah, couple of weeks on. Oh, no, it's not. It's been ages, yeah. It's not going away. Anyway, figure that out. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to play a bit of that. Yeah, I I did was thinking about that sort of like. So when am I going to get a PS4? Sort of had that thought process again recently. Pro- almost primarily for God of War, actually. I mean, Just... yeah. I am. I was quite worried that. It, oh no, I won't be able to spend lots of time playing Red Dead. <laughs> but I, maybe I'll maybe I'll. Uh... I might take some holiday so that I can do that as my one thing, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, and then, uh, you know, I can spend my RSI budget on gaming instead of working. Nice. Yeah. We'll I'm, I'm going to do some proper recovery by putting my hand in a slightly different position. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I probably need to change where I sit and stuff, uh, and all that. Yeah, I don't At know. Home, just, anyway. don't, just don't know how you really tackle it properly. Yeah, I don't really know. I always found myself just just poking those um, like do you remember when, like when jest wrist rests were all the thing and like sit, like they seem to be everywhere for a while. And it's just like it's like it's not actually I don't find them all that comfortable. Where I actually put my wrists on to then use, so I just ended up putting them on the side, just using them to poke. Yeah, for poking. Like. Like, like a little stress stress strip of some kind, just sort of sitting there going squeegee, squeegee. Yeah. Anyway, we shall see. But I think that may be coming towards the end of this podcast. Absolutely. 
do <laughs> check out uh, the Happy Salad video channel and wait with bated breath for the final instalment of Sonic Colors. Be a few days yet. I'm away for work. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, a few days for that one, possibly, and then in a couple of weeks there'll be another sidecast. So join yeah, us for yeah, that. Yeah. I'm going to get round to playing. Uh, I haven't decided between whether I should start Final Fantasy 15 next or Yuki's or whatever it's Yuko, Yuko something like that. Yuko's Island Express, which is like a pinball platformer that I'm quite hyped for. I mean, I'm you sure. better play that. I'm sure that will be quite short. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, probably won't be that long. So maybe I'll play that for next time. Pimple platformer, guys, come on! As a I dung mean, beetle. I mean, Sonic's pimple existed. Does it? <laughs> yeah, but that was bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll do it well. Spinball was all right, actually. It's just. It's, it was just odd. It was just odd. It wasn't as a, was... a pinball platformer. I mean, it's not a great deal of actual platforming in it. It's a but... little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a primary pinball. Yeah. Hmm. Like weird, weird objective pinball, which is always slightly odd. But it was a good idea, just not all that well executed. Hmm. So maybe this is the one where they get it right. With dung beetles. Dung. I think we're dung here. I think we're dung. Okay. Catch you next time, listeners. Thank you. I, I can't be Mexican Rob again. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>